Good evening. Today I have Duncan, uh, the Bond villain, with his beautiful cat Millie. Good evening, Dunks. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi. Um, my name is Duncan Brockwell. I'm um, an author with Bloodhound Books and spell, now Spellbound Books as well. Um, I've had five novels, uh, three crime thrillers and two, no, sorry, four crime thrillers and one psychological thriller out with Bloodhound. And I've now got Oakwood Falls out with Spellbound. The first of two with Spellbound. Um, and uh, Helen Lee's coming out in October. So, yeah. It's good yeah. to see you again, Donna. Good to see you as well, especially on the release of one of my favourite, probably my favourite of your books. Oh, thank you. Which I was lucky enough to read like a year ago, I think. Yeah, it's got to be about that because I wrote it during lockdown last year. So, yeah, it would have been sort of around what, March, April time? So, probably over yeah. a year now, actually. And I was given I was giving you instalments, wasn't I? Yeah. As, I, as I went along. Yeah, and you gave it but, to yeah. me. And, yeah, and it wasn't finished. So what? You can't leave it there. <laughs> 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 Always mean. I oh, know. Yeah. I'm such a meanie. I'm going to do it to you again soon with my next uh, romance. That's fine. I can handle it. <laughs> That's why I got my revenge when I sent you my book. I thought I'd leave it on the cliffhanger just to annoy you and see how it feels. <laughs> it's horrible. Don't do it. Well, you do it. I was only getting my revenge to <laughs> see what it's yeah, like. <laughs> it's my only time yeah, I can enough. ever. <laughs> fair, fair comment. Well made. Thank you very much. I have them occasionally. So, <laughs> would you like to tell everyone what Oakwood Falls is about briefly? Oakwood Falls is a. Uh, it's sort of like a coming of age fantasy um, about Carrie and Ashley Oakwood. So the first scene is basically Carrie with her husband, Alan, being followed by um, a group of Alan's um, armed robber friends and they're after him. And he's driving Carrie through um, near Kilder Forest in North, Northamptonshire, uh, Northumbria, I think, North, Northumbria. And, um, He's trying to get away from them. She's having contractions. She's heavily pregnant, having contractions. So she's literally about to drop. And then um, he's, he, Alan stops the car um, in Kilda Forest. And um, he, he flees with Carrie and um, goes into the forest. And then basically um, Carrie can't go any further. And he's about to sort of break her neck and then make a run for it. And then... The, basically the trees come alive and they grab Alan and do away with him. And then um, Mother Nature makes herself known. She appears as a voice in, in Carrie's head, um, telling her that everything's going to be all right. And the, the, uh, the trees, the, the roots from the trees come up and help to give birth to Ashley Oakwood. And then um, Mother Nature says that Ashley's going to be taken below into the, into the earth. And um, if Kay wants, she can either leave now or go with Ashley. So she decides to go with Ashley and then she's taken into the earth with her daughter, her newborn daughter. Um, and then it follows Ashley and Carrie through from, I think from the age of about five is the first you see Ashley. And she's this 
sweet little kid and she's really curious about humans. Um, and then she grows up and then it, the, the main story is really when she's about 19, 20. And uh, that's when she turns nasty through various things that go on through the book. Um, but it's really, it's all about the environment, mother nature, um, humans versus nature, basically, about how we're destroying the planet. So it's got quite a strong environmental um, message within it. Um, but I wanted it to be quite blood and gutsy, which it is. Um, so I've made it really quite a violent piece of work. Well, she's nestling into my armpit here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she's, uh, and Mother Nature's quite a nasty character as well. With, but it's how I imagine she would be, to be honest, because you can see how she treats some people um, in reality. So, uh, you know, with all the, all the um, natural disasters you get and stuff like that. She's, quite, she's kind of putting me off, actually. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's basically Oakwood Falls. I hope everyone enjoys it when they read it. We've been having some really good feedback so far. So the reviews have been really good. So, yeah. yeah. I have noticed. So, look. <laughs> um, not a question I usually ask, but where on earth did you get the idea to write that? Well, I had the, the first scene, the scene where the trees come alive and they, they kill um, Alan and save Carrie, and then help her to give birth to Ashley. I had that scene in my head for a while, and I wanted to do something with it. So the story is actually quite um, fluid, and it came as I, as I wrote it. But I had the very first scene, and I had how it was going to end, and putting them together, that was the fun part. So going from the A to B was the, the middle bit was the fun part. But I had, I had some very definite ideas what I wanted to include in it. So there's, there's um, quite a big section where the forest is under attack from construction. And I wanted that in there because I wanted the construction people to meet quite a grisly end, which they do. Um, so, and then I used a lot of uh, nature in it as well. So hornets are featured quite strongly in it. Um, ants are featured strongly, so ants come up and eat people and stuff like that. So there's quite a lot of quite brutal Stuff that actually happens in nature, I've included that in there as well. Um, so yeah, the the idea, I actually saw a picture, one similar to the one that you showed me, of a tree woman, and I like that idea. So I saw that photo and I was like, well, I could actually use that in this. So um, it came really from a picture. And a lot of the times, my ideas actually come from either pictures or songs. And for this one, it was really from a picture and from just an idea of someone getting taken into the earth, sort of sucked into the earth and becoming one with it. So, yeah, that's that's where the idea came from. And um, is the environment something that you really care about? Is that you're um, passionate about saving? I think most people do, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, I do. Me, me, uh, Bex is especially, and, she, and she's rubbed off on me now, I think. So we're quite heavily into sort of recycling everything we can and things like that. We've got a very low carbon footprint anyway. Um, we know that because we don't have a car and we really don't eat much meat and stuff like that. So we're, we're quite um, low, a low carbon family anyway. But yeah, I do care about the environment. And I think, I think the vast majority of people do, to be fair. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? But I'm never sure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and 
where did you get the idea for like um the names because obviously if you're writing fantasy then you can make anything up so how did you decide with the reclaimed and the feralings which are really cool names well the, the feralings is quite simple because they're they're feral they're they're basically like werewolves essentially um they're, they're just wolves with people's faces white fur white eyes um and then i, I tried to come up with the name and it was just feral and then i thought Put a ling on the end, very There you go. Um, so that was actually quite an easy one. The reclaimed, I just thought that mothers claiming them back, claiming these humans back and taking them as their own. And so I just thought, well, it, you know, she's reclaiming them. There you go, they're reclaimed. And that's it. So that, that's where those ideas came from. And I think they're quite they're quite self-expansionary, really, aren't they? Yeah, they like, are when you read the it. Thing, but the reclaimed yeah. is the definite. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I chose, <laughs> chose Ashley specifically and Oakwood because they're both trees. Ash and Oak. So, you know, that, that, that was quite a simple one. All sorts of little clever things in there then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's staring at you. Yeah, she she's really pretty. She's staring at your picture. Oh. <laughs> You should look so happy. Um, and this is one of the earliest books you wrote, isn't it? So um, is how happy are you to finally see it out in the world? Oh, it's brilliant. I love, I love seeing it out there. It's great. Um, this was, Oakwood Falls was the easiest book I've ever written and also the fastest one as well. So I wrote this in 28 days, the, the first draft. Um, I wouldn't have done it that quick had I not been on furlough. So that obviously helped. But I got so into it and I just wanted to get out onto the screen um, that quickly. But I haven't done that since. I haven't done, I haven't written anything that, that far since. But um, yeah, it's great. I, I really, like, really love this book. And I've got another two in my head, all mapped out, which are going to be... The Rise of the Weevils will be the second one. And the third one will be called um, The Last Feraling. I won't say who The Last Feraling will be, but I think most readers will know who it's going to be. And um, how did your contract with Spellbound come about? Oh, I sent off um, Oprah Falls and Helen at the same time. And they both came back with a positive. So yeah, I was really chuffed about that. And it came <laughs> back on my birthday. So that was a nice little birthday treat. To say we'd like to sign you on on my birthday. So I was very chuffed yeah. about that. And that was the day that Mr. Invisible was out as well, wasn't it? So that and was quite a birthday. Yeah, my, my psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was a really, really good birthday <laughs> and publication day to get that on top. So yeah, really pleased. Yeah, that's awesome. Just need and, to get uh, readers. <laughs> Just need to get people reading it now. Well, hopefully, with the blog tour and the reviews that are coming in, it will encourage people. I'm hoping so. Yeah. To give it a go. It'll be a slow start, but hopefully, we'll get there. I mean, obviously, I love it, and I've made no secret of that. But uh, yeah, um, for people that think it's fantasy and stuff, it's 
sort of the second half is very brutal. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely yeah, worth yeah. trying. I thought you know, I think the second half is quite. Oh, she's off. There we go. Right. Um, I think the second half is quite marvelesque, actually, where you've got the three groups. You've got humans versus the reclaims versus the ferreting, effectively. And the way I've, I wrote the big war between them, I thought that was quite a sort of marvelesque cycle. So that's why I'm quite into my Marvel movies. And so I thought that was quite, um, the way I wrote it, it was quite marvelesque. Because you've got a lot of superpowers going on within the reclaimed and feraling, lots of superpowers going off and people getting killed in, in crossfire basically. So yeah. <laughs> and I've made good use of a swordfish as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit made, crazy. You've made quite good use of some of the animals, uh, the way that they yeah. yeah. The weevils are gonna come into the second one quite heavily. And they're going to be nasty. Do you know what a weevil is? I've got so a rough it's idea. It's a, it's a, a root a root weevil. Okay. You know, oh, yeah. roots are quite um, involved in the, the novel as well because obviously that's like their highway when they're when they're in the earth. That's how they navigate their way through the, the tree roots, and you know they can sort of turn off and use it as junctions and stuff like that. So I thought you know that would be like a little subterranean highway going on with these with the the ferreling and the reclaim using that to get out getting about so with the second book i'm going to include root weevils, root weevils in it as well so they obviously eat up the roots mm-hmm. and effectively kill the trees so it's going to be a big military operation in the second one with the humans trying to stop the reclaimed and the ferreling by stopping the highway bringing in root weevils but they're not going to be they're not going to be microscopic little things they're going to be armor armor plated big monstery type things because um of one of the <laughs> one of the main characters is going to be made forced to make a really big one it's the queen and obviously it's, it's going to go off in the second one it's going to go a bit mental <clears throat> Well, stop writing WW things then and get right in because I want to read it. <laughs> We're waiting for ages. Well, I'm writing a romance at the moment. I've read a romance. Now I need to read something, you know. Yes, man. Look at authors, honestly. Just do what you want. Well, Don't kind demand of. In. <laughs> we do kind of do what we want, yeah. Yeah, I know. You can't <laughs> write to rope. Fine. Well, I, I guess some people do, but... No, I, well, maybe. I doubt it, though. Well, they wouldn't enjoy it if they did, I wouldn't have thought. What's that? Writing to order? Yeah. No, uh, I, I couldn't Just, see that. No. You've got, to write, you've got to write what you want to write. You can't write what you think people should write or what people would want to read. You can't, you can't do it that way. I don't think, anyway. No, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your new romance. Oh, right. Okay. So it's a series. <laughs> um, I've written one so far, which is off at the publishers at the moment, um, called uh, Like Strawberry Wine. So I've, I've used the song Strawberry Wine by um, Dina Carter as um, inspiration behind it. 
and um, I came up with the storyline. So the character in the in the song spent a, a long summer with a boy. Uh, I don't know if you know the song at all, if you've heard it. Anyway, she had a, a, a summer romance and it fizzled out at the end. And then, um, so I've used the, the song, the main character, one of the main characters, Abby, that's basically her history, is that she went to her granddad's farm when she was 17 and she met um, a bloke called Scott there. Um, and they, they had a whirlwind summer romance, but he had to leave to go to college at the end in September um, and then he disappeared so she kept going back year after year to her, her granddad's her grandpa's um, farm but he never came back and then we it starts with Abby taking on a promotion as a partner at her PR firm and then she goes on vacation to back to her grandpa's farm which is now a vineyard um, and then her sister's, her twin sister is actually running the vineyard. So she goes to visit her sister with her daughter. Um, and she finds out that Scott's actually working on the vineyard now. And so like, oh, so she's got her old flame there. So that starts off that part of the story. And then Elise, the daughter, um, she ends up meeting a guy called Mike, who's a mechanic and also a, a racing driver as well, like a not professional an unprofessional race driver around this track in, in the town of Richmond. And um, she meets him and he's got a, a secret um, a dream of opening a bakery. And he's even found the place he wants to open in Richmond. And she tastes his food and then she's like, oh, you've got to do it. So she's there helping him to become a baker. And Abby's there getting, some, getting together with Scott. And then things start heating up between those two. And um, the two stories all coincide and mix together, but they they sort of really jam at the end. And um, yeah, it's a nice happy ending for everyone. And that's the first part of a series called uh, the the Ridgemont Ohio Romances. And I'm now writing the second one, which is called uh, That's the Good Stuff, which is <laughs> named after the song The Good Stuff. Yeah, I was just literally just going to ask. That's fine, read my mind. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, songs, songs are quite heavily in the writing as well. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying writing these. I actually enjoy writing romance more than anything else. I'm a lot happier. I, I think uh, will surprise people considering some of the books you've released so far, which are quite violent. Yeah, but it takes, it takes a, a lot to write that. Um, whereas with romance, it's all happy and nice. and Not always, you know, the build-up can be quite um, dramatic and stuff, but, you know, you know you're writing nice people that do nice things, and, you know, um, I just prefer that at the moment, so I'm, I'm quite into writing romances now. If you were to Don't be... worry, I will still write the, the April Fool's blog. I know. Well. I'll just keep going on and on to you until you get sick of me. <laughs> yeah, just hound me into it. Yeah, I have no problem doing that, which I'm pretty sure you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Good. That's fine. <laughs> if you were to be a character in it, any of your own books, uh, what book would you choose and what character would you be? Uh, I'd probably be, uh, it'd be like Strawberry Wine, it would probably Scott. 
Because <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of baggage, but he has a really happy ending, and it just gets better and better. So through the subsequent books, things just get better and better between Abby and Scott. So I don't. I, I'm not going to put myself in Hellingley, am I? Or open fools, and you know. Well, you know, when I ask this question and people have only written crime books, generally they reply, and I'm like, why? The chances of you dying are pretty high. Why would you go into yeah. those books? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to put myself in Hellingley because that, that would just be a hell place to go. I would never want to go there. No. I can't wait for that to come out as well. Oh, no, we, can, that one. we can talk about it again. When is that? So I want to hear what people think of that. What's that? Is that the end of October? Halloween, roughly, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? for Halloween. It's in October at some point. I'm not exactly sure of the date yet. Uh, the date is, it's a TBC on that one. So. Oh, fair enough. Well, we're not far away now, actually, which is weird. Yeah, it's July, Solstice, August, September. Yeah, so it's only a few months, isn't it? Got scary when you think that. And then after October, it's even to Christmas. Sort of still after. Even the C word is banned. <laughs> What, what's the word? Christmas. Christmas. Don't even. Christmas. Christmas. You, you really go off people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it's taking you this long. <laughs> well, you still put up with me, it seems fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm used to being picked on now. Aww. Keep getting ganged up on by loads of men on Facebook. It's fine. <laughs> You love it. A little bit, yeah, it's quite funny. I like it when people uh, figure me out and then call me out on it, kind of. <laughs> um, who's been your favourite character to write so far? I've seen you put it on Facebook and your answer changes quite frequently, so I'm interested what your answer today will I've always, be. I've always got a favourite character to write in every book, but my favourite character of all the ones I've written It's probably going to be Cara for Bird of Prey and Ashley Oakwood. So out of those two, because they're both just completely psychotic <laughs> and they, they were fun. I'll probably have more fun with Cara, actually. So I think Cara was my favourite character of all. And it's always women, because women are my favourite to write anyway. I prefer writing women to men. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be Cara, I think. I should yes. say Nash, really, but I can't, because she's too good, and I just prefer writing the, the nastier <laughs> sides. So, yeah, it's definitely got, I think it's Cara. By nose, otherwise it'll be Ashley. Yeah, she's one of my favourite characters to read. Um, but I'm not Do sure what that says about you, Cara. And that's still such a wicked book anyway. But yeah, and obviously, um, you know, Oakwood. So yeah, tough call. But yeah. But I think Cara's got it for just how, how evil she is. But then you can, you actually understand by the end of the book why she why she's so evil and what's happened to her and stuff like that. So I made sure when I wrote that, that the readers know, or I wanted the readers kind of sympathise with her a little bit. Not, you know, not too much, but a little bit because 
she she went through some seriously nasty stuff in that book. So you can kind of understand how she got got that warped. Yeah. Um, what's your most overused word or phrase that either your editor tells you or for, or you have to edit out yourself? Putting winking, winking in, in books. I got called up on it in, uh, with like strawberry wine. Um, and I think I had people winking in it about 58 times. <laughs> without realising it, without even <laughs> seeing it. Because when, when you're writing, you can't see the wood for the trees, basically. That's why you don't really edit your own stuff. You get other people to edit it. Because <laughs> what you think sounds great actually doesn't. Um, but yeah, winking was one of them. And also, um, my editor picked me up for, oh, what was it? Heart racing. Racing hearts and winking. So I went back and I deleted all winks. <laughs> and now, I, now in every book, I only have really two, probably about two, maybe three instances where someone's heart was racing. So yeah, I've been picked up on that. There, there's probably going to be others as well. Um, I've noticed I use the word walked a lot and turned a lot as well. So I've got to go back and, and check for those words as well. But they're obviously words that you need to use to describe what people are doing. Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm doing now, different to how I've written before, is I'm trying to be a lot more show and less tell. So instead of the narrator telling the reader what's going on, I'm doing it through dialogue and through action, which is what it's supposed to be, basically. So, you know, when you're talking about how people are, the, um, their thoughts and feelings, stop doing that so much and have it actually come out in dialogue or through what they're actually doing. So I'm trying to do a lot more of that. So I think you'll find that like Strawberry Wine and all of my latest, latest stuff are a lot more show, less tell. At least I hope that's the case anyway. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I've read everything I think that you've written. Well, with Life Story Wild, I know for a fact that you don't really get much information at all from the narrator. Narration is only there for, for telling people what, what the characters are doing, you know, directing the characters. There's no, there's no real voice in the narrator as such, as such. So I've all made it the voice of the characters, which I think yeah. is much better. So whenever you find out information about people, it's through people talking about them or them talking themselves so I think that's the way I'm going to do it from now on yeah I would agree and yeah I guess it does I mean it does make for it's easier to read I think um, yeah and know, it, it's it does make the books it does make the books dialogue heavy but I don't really mind that because I, I, I just think it's easier to, to read dialogue than it is to read reams and reams and reams of narration <laughs> Just my opinion. Yeah, no, fair enough. You don't have to worry so much about um, spelling and saying some things like they're in dialogue, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can say what you want. Um, is there any book in history that you would like to pin a character in? Not your own. <laughs> well, be a character in any book that I've written or that I've read. Yeah. Um, well, this is one of my favourite uh, books of all time, but one of my favourite um, characters of all time was also Michael Corleone, Godfather. 
I'd love to. I'd love to be here. But I think he's just really cool in those in those books in the film. Um, obviously, Al Pacino's character, and then he goes off to uh, Sicily and gets married there, and then comes back and has to help the family out. I just love that book so much, and his character is just wicked. So yeah, I'd be my I'd be Michael Corleone basically. Awesome. See, one minute you're talking about love stories and then you're talking about, you know, sadistic killers. You're a very complex man, Mr. Bookwell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, as, I'm, an, I'm as eclectic with writing as I am with what I watch. So I, I can go from watching... I watched Saw last night. Oh, one of my favourite. The original Saw, the first one. And um, tonight I'm going to be watching a Hallmark romance movie. So, yeah, so I go from that extent to that extent basically um and that's what i do with my writing as well so it'll be you know one book will be a romance another one will be a, a really nasty horror for example and that's just the way it is yeah fair enough but change change things up but it does make it harder to send that or try and get publishers because obviously if you're writing very very different stuff they won't necessarily want a romance if they're taking on your horror and then you've got to like split the, your names up. So it's now Katie Simpkins and Duncan Brockwell. And then having the two can be quite problematic. So we shall see. Yeah. And would you, um, well, firstly, the ending to Saw is one of the best endings of a film ever, right? <laughs> I love it. When, it, when uh, Tobin Bell just gets up and he takes the, the thing off, you know, the blood covered um, heads. Thing. and then yeah that's mental because the third I remember the because I watched it last night and I was like you know that's Tobin Bell on the floor because you can see his face but when you watch it for the first time you don't know who that is you just think it's a dead body and then who suddenly get up with that it's amazing because you your way thing you, you think that the porter guy was the bad guy because he's obviously the one with the gun chasing big round then you actually realise no he's another porn who's in the game as well and it's like oh Oh, so yeah, it's really good. I'm actually going to go through all the saw saw films now because they've got they've got another one called Spiral. It's literally just out. Okay. With Chris Rock, I think, and I'm going to watch that after that as well because it's all part of that same world. It's not saw, but it's included in that that um that saw world. So I'm going to see what that spiral's like when it comes on uh, Sky Movies. So yeah, mm -hmm. go for all the saws again. Yeah, um, I said that I'd go back on John's podcast if he'd have me and, and talk about Saw, the Saw films, because they're just genius anyway. I they mean, are, they're, they're, you know, all, the idea they're nuts. Yeah, the idea of getting other people to kill and the games and stuff. And yeah, yeah it's just... Oh, and each, and movie, each movie, the premise behind it is as, as clever as the previous one. Yeah, it just works. Um, yeah, and then the ending of the first one is just... You know, it's it's very clever because you of everything that goes on, the one thing that you assume is a dead body is a dead body. And yeah, why would yeah. you not, you know, and then for it to be as oh but I'm a, a friend of mine went to see Saw Three at the cinema with his with his girlfriend and they had to leave the cinema. The third one, because it was that that horrific. I think the only time they've affected me is when he, there was a pig something or other and I was like 
but apart from that the horror and stuff and cutting people open is fine but the pig thing i can't remember yeah they have the i don't know if it's pig guts or dead pigs in a like in a well, i don't know I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when i find it can we go yeah back again so yeah yeah you'll know when you get there but even just watching so for it, me, another like, another another series for me that i loved was uh the final destination movies because <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that's so so clever to have death just as things happening but obviously there is a a force making it happen but all these bad things happening to people uh, you know after they've just saved themselves from death and then it follows them around until it gets them i was like i just think that idea is great yeah it is that's one of those ideas you wish you'd have had well, definitely. Like... <laughs> i think it's wicked yeah, it's funny. I see memes on Facebook where there's the lorries with the logs and stuff on them, and like it says, um, anyone that's watched Final Destination scared of these now. And it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah too <laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah, that, that was a mental scene. That, that crash, <laughs> so many people died in it. And it's like they're all supposed to die in that. You know, yeah, I just think it's just such an insanely clever idea. But yeah, right. That's one of those ideas you wish you'd thought of. Yeah. Maybe. Absolutely, but sadly not. And sadly, someone else is very rich because of it, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, because you know, people always think of death as the character with the, the hood and side and all that. And then you actually think, no, it's just a force making these bad things happen, like a, like a domino alley effect kind of thing. So, no. yeah. Um, would you ever consider going back to writing a series, like a police procedural series or something like that? Um, I've had an idea for doing a Hampshire-based um, murder one, but it's going to be based on songs again. I've had this idea, basically, and I'm really, li I'm really liking it, actually. The more I think about it, the more I like it, which is... Two really cool songs, The Piano Man, I think it's Billy Joel, and Lying Eyes by the the um, e Eagles, I'm going to say. The Eagles, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right. And it's going to be called The Piano Man with Lying Eyes. Clever title, huh? Right, okay. <laughs> so basically, it's going to be, start off with the murder of the couple, which is The Piano Man and The Woman, from Lying Eyes, who's married a rich guy and um, she goes off and has a fling with the boyfriend. You know the song, anyway. So her and Piano Man are found dead in a, in a flat. Obviously murdered, butchered. And it's about the police coming in to try and find who did it and investigate the uh, case. And then when they go about looking for, you know, um, interviewing people with their friends and it's all characters from the from the songs. So in the piano man, you've got the, the barman behind, you know, behind the bar, you've got the, the waitress, and they're all mentioned in the song. And you've got a guy drinking gin, um, making love to his gin, uh, tonic and gin. And then you've got um, in Lying Eyes, you've got the husband, he could have had her killed. You know, you've got all these people that could be, you know, suspects. I, I just really like this idea because it's it's quite cool. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, I like that. Because people yeah. will know the songs and they'll be like, "Oh, that's that guy's from the song." You know, it's just, you know, it's quite cool. And I know, I know who's I know who who's done it and why. 
already. So I, I know in my head who's done it. And it's just a matter of, you know, putting throw, throwing a few enough red herrings to stop people from guessing who it is. And then bang, you know, you hit him, hit him with it. So yeah, I'm thinking about writing that. And that being part one or, you know, a an investigation, then it'll go on and the police will be the same police throughout. You know, miss some murders, but song style. <laughs> Basically, what you need is more time, I yeah. think, isn't it? Instead of working to get all these ideas down, because you have the second uh, follow-up to Oakwood and a third, and then I'm sure you've asked us about three ideas that sounded awesome, and now you've got that. <laughs> so, yeah, if you could just crack on and get right in, that would be fab. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll go now. See you later. <laughs> you remember I know where you live right <laughs> yeah 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 you'll talk <laughs> don't dare me man <laughs> don't dare me <laughs> I don't mind driving um, have you uh, remembered an embarrassing story since the last time we spoke I will have no, forgotten really. I will keep asking <laughs> each each in you each interview yeah do right i don't forget i forget nothing i'll tell you what next interview i will have one for you okay you must have done something stupid when you were drunk and young because all guys do no nothing springs to mind are you going to ask this <laughs> because you won't answer it until you answer it and then i'll never ask you again at the next interview i'll tell you how's that okay. I'll keep you to that, and I've got it on record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Um, who would you least like to be stuck in a lift with? Really? Yep. Do you know what? This sounds, this sounds like an interview question. You're like, having when was, an interview. <laughs> when I was going through my interview stage, before I got the job at Elite Dental, I went probably... I lost my job at the... Um, in Burgess Hill, we got made redundant because our company closed. And I ended up going for an awful lot of uh, jobs in like Brighton and the sort of this area. And I can remember one interview I had. I was basically in a room with, I don't know, three people, two people writing stuff down, the main guy sort of saying it. And he goes, okay, so you're a flavour you're a flavour of ice cream. What flavour are you, and why? That was a, that was an actual question at an interview. And I mean, the answer I gave, I thought, was pretty good off the cuff, which is I was ginger ice cream because I'm fiery or, or something along those along those lines. And then the woman actually laughed, and she was like, "Ginger ice cream—that's silly. That doesn't exist. It does exist." It's in the bloody ice cream parlour down the road. <laughs> so anyway, so that was, yeah. Um, Who would I least like to be in an elevator with? A lift. We're not in America, man. Probably someone <laughs> flatulent. <laughs> That's a good answer. Because, <laughs> oh, that would be awful, especially stuck in one as well. Someone who's just farting all the time. But I was going to say something like, I don't know, Saddam Hussein or something, but that's crap. So no, definitely someone flatulent. I like that. 
I need to keep you on your toes. I've interviewed you a few times and we're friends. So I need to throw questions at you that you're not expecting. And you weren't expecting that one, were you? <laughs> I had another one in the interview as well, which was, uh, right, you're, uh, you're looking for a job. I'm your, bo- I'm your potential boss. And we're about to step on the lift. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to tell me why you should have the job. And then you're supposed to just rattle off in 30 seconds, blah, blah. I was awful at doing that because it just completely throws you. They just throw these questions in there just to bamboozle you. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd hope that you know about books and stuff, at least. So at least if I throw them questions at you. <laughs> I read... Um... <laughs> I read some questions and one of them was, um, would you be a better writer if you were wearing glittery socks? Say that again? Would you be a better writer if you were wearing glittery socks? No. <laughs> I'd be staring at my socks all the time, so I don't think I would. <laughs> Distracted by shiny off. things. <laughs> <laughs> it will put me off. Oh, I was just like, what the fuck? That's so random. Um, I think I was looking for stif- different stuff to ask Mark Billingham because he's been asked everything, I would have thought. But I didn't ask him, so I chickened out because it's too weird. What, what's too weird? Asking Mark Billingham if he would write better if he was wearing glittery socks. Bad connection here. Check in. Donna? I'm still here. Donna? You've frozen. Oh, there you are. Did I go then? Because you went here. You just froze. Uh, yeah, my internet connection's on stable as well. Wonderful. Well, I think I've tortured you enough. Um, oh, and again. Is that it? Yeah. Um... If you're still there, then just remind people where they can buy your book. I'm still here. I hate the internet. You there? Yeah. Right, shall we wrap it up? Yep. Just remind people where they can buy Oakwood Falls and I will bully them into buying it. (laughs) <laughs> on Amazon please buy it on Amazon um, Oakwood Falls yeah let me know what you think thank you very much awesome thank you <laughs>